It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. Property, real estate and the housing market, it is what we talk about seven days a week and it's another Monday that's turned up. It is July the 17th. I hope you had a fantastic weekend, especially around anything to do with our favourite subject of real estate. And if you managed to secure a property, congratulations. If not, it's another week in the starters position for you on this Monday. And a few days ago, we spoke to Eliza Owen from Core Logic about their monthly housing chart pack providing insights into the residential property market and we didn't get through all of the information so Eliza is coming up shortly to explain the rest of that report but first I just wanted to highlight a couple of key points that she made a few days ago before we hear the rest of that information and I did mention that we like to keep an eye on the Sydney high end of the housing market and asked her what had happened over the last three months. So we know that when the housing market goes into an upswing, it's usually led by the high end of the market. The top 25% of Sydney dwelling values rose 5.7% in the June quarter, compared to 4.5% at the middle tier of the market and a 3% lift in the low end. Melbourne also sees the high end usually leading. So that's where we've seen a 2.1% rise in the top 25% of values, which is higher than at the middle and, and lower value tiers. So this is a pretty well established cyclical pattern and it's another data point that really reaffirms the upswing is well underway. And over the past financial year, Australian home values, now they declined by 5.3%. What did your report tell us in the regional South Australia dwelling market and also talk to the Hobart market because I think that made a bit of a comment in your report, maybe for not all of the right reasons. Yeah, so the Hobart market has seen a decline of about 13% over the past year, despite showing a recovery in values in recent months. Hobart is seeing a turn in market conditions after what was really a very large and extended upswing in value for much of the late 2010s and through COVID. So if you ask me, this downturn in the Hobart market was really a long time coming. We're seeing a lot of surplus in listings sitting on the market, and it really is buyer's opportunity at the moment. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got regional South Australia leading growth over the past year. While most Australian housing markets were down year on year, regional SA was up 8.7%. So perhaps a bit surprising, um, the South Australian market has traditionally been more of a slow, steady performer, but through the past three years, it's just absolutely seen all of this value unleashed. Probably a hangover from the COVID period where we've seen the normalisation of remote work, um, holiday accommodation, sea change, tree change markets, and South Australia is particularly affordable, so it's really reaped a lot of the benefits from that COVID cycle. 
Okay, so that was Eliza Owen from a few days ago. Coming up in just a moment, we are going to launch back into the remainder of that report. First off, though, if you're celebrating your birthday, getting a year older, maybe a year wiser, happy birthday for today, the 17th of July. You are sharing it with Donald Sutherland, still going pretty strong. He's 88. Luke Bryan, the American country singer he is turning 47 and the Hoff David Hasselhoff of Baywatch fame does that bring back some memories for you this morning sitting around the TV in the 90s watching Baywatch the Hoff David Hasselhoff is turning 71 each week we bring you in-depth real estate discussions including inspiring stories from homeowners, knowledgeable real estate professionals and economists. Whether you're a buyer, seller, or just a real estate enthusiast, we are your ultimate property podcast. It's the Main Centre Forecast. And on this Monday morning, let's check on your weather. First, we go to Sydney. Good morning to you. Expecting a chance or maybe a possibility of a shower today. 19 is your forecast top. In Melbourne, one word, and that is sunshine, 15 degrees. Brisbane, maybe one or two showers with 21 And in Perth, mainly sunny with cloud cover today and your top 20. Let's fuel your passion for property together. Join us along with our industry experts to help inspire and inform your next real estate decision. Ready to take your real estate knowledge to the next level? So are we. Well, as you know, CoreLogic Research, their team compiled a monthly housing chart pack and we went over this a few days back with Eliza Owen from CoreLogic Research and it's time to go round two and a very good morning to you, Eliza. Welcome back. Good morning. Thanks for having me back. When it does come to these types of reports, there is a lot of focus and attention on the median days on market. Many people get very fixated on these numbers, but it doesn't always tell the full picture of what is going on. Would that be a fair comment? Yeah, I think so. You know, we saw median days on market through the three months to June were up slightly on the three months to May. And I think part of that could be seasonality. Another part of it is that if the market is heating up, we might actually start to see properties sell that have been on the market for a relatively long time. So technically that could inflate the days on market measure. And you don't really see the reduction in days on market until we're well into the upswing. I think overall, these numbers are pointing to better selling conditions, particularly when you couple days on market with, say, vendor discounting. And I think we we will probably start to see a further reduction in that number over subsequent reporting periods. And what about the new property listings in the four weeks to July the 2nd? What did that tell you in your report? Yeah, so this was really interesting and it's something we've been reporting on a little bit lately is the fact that new listings at about 32,600 properties advertised in the past four weeks, they were a little bit higher than what we'd seen in the previous reporting period. 
And that's pretty unusual for this time of year. We're coming into winter, so new listings should actually be trending lower. So that's a trend that we're keeping an eye on and really asking ourselves in the context of rising mortgage rates, why are more people starting to sell when we would usually be seeing a seasonal winter slowdown? Overall, total listings are still very low, um, but that's certainly a curious trend we'll be keeping an eye on. Yeah, so just talk to that a little bit. The total listings for the same period, I think that came out to just a squeak under 131,000, trending lower than the previous five-year average. That's right. So at 131,000, total listings are still about 30% lower than where we would usually see them this time of year. So if new listings are rising, but total listings are falling, that basically means that for every new listing added to the market, there's more than one sale happening. So it means if you do feel motivated to sell at the moment or you need to sell for whatever reason, at least you're selling into a pretty strong market where those new listings are being very strongly absorbed. And we talked about Sydney and the uptick with the the auctions. The combined capital city's clearance rate slightly eased, I think. So talk to that space and what's sort of been happening. Yeah, that's right. So even though the property market has been remarkably strong, considering we've seen a 400 basis point increase in the cash rate, and considering that that cash rate rise could go even further over August or even September as well. But I will say that the June rate rise probably knocked a little bit of momentum out of the recovery. So that's reflected in the monthly growth rate where national home values were up 1.1% as opposed to 1.2% in May. And like you say, it's also potentially reflected in the clearance rate. The combined capital cities clearance rate was 68% through much of June uh, compared to an average of about 71% in the month of May. So, you know, even though that clearance rate remains very elevated on where it was this time last year, it's clear that, you know, that June rate rise has maybe just marginally knocked a little bit of steam out of the recovery. That is an interesting stat. And Australian rents, boy, this is such a talking point, isn't it? And it's in your report. Australian rent values, no surprise, increased for June. So let's uh, drill down on some of these stats when it comes to rent values. Rent values were up another 0.7% in June. It's down slightly from the previous month, but overall, there's not been a lot of reprieve in the rental market. Rents were still up 9.7% over the year, um, which is extremely high when you consider the historic average. Uh, The previous decade average was only about 3% a year. So I think the way you'd characterize the rental market right now is that, you know, it's still growing, but we're finally starting to see a consistent easing in those extremely high growth rates. And the combined value of secured housing finance, now that rose by 4.8% in May to nearly $25 billion. So there's a bit going on in that space. Yeah, so this kind of coincides with the housing cycle more broadly. Housing finance declined through the period of rate rises. It seems to have bottomed out in February this year and has since climbed to about $25 billion as of May. 
Both owner-occupiers and investors are borrowing more relative to that February trough and they're both kind of getting back into the market. So it kind of just corroborates the idea that property values are now rising um, following the initial dampening of, of rate rises. So what really stood out for you, Eliza, with this particular report? What sort of uh, put its head above anything else? I think it's evident that the June rate rise has had a little bit of an impact on the market, but that impact seems to have been marginal. The fact that we've got rising housing finance values, a lot of resilience in the Sydney market, the high-end markets, um, just goes to show that not, not a lot can weaken Australia's housing market in the long term. All right, so there it is. There's a whole lot of information from Eliza Owen from Core Logic this morning. Thanks so much for jumping back onto the real estate breakfast this morning. Thank you. Take care. Don't navigate the real estate market alone. Let us help guide you in the world of real estate every day. Make better informed decisions with the latest news and insights. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.